Hey there, listeners. Thank you for joining us on Tarot Paranormal Talk. I am Brenda Newby. And I'm Mary Jo Woodruff. And we are here to talk about the strange news today. Uh, There's several uh, key things that have been going on. Uh, I came across an interesting article on Zach Bagans, and I just passed that over to Mom, and I said, this has, this has legs. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, it does, <laughs> didn't it, Mom? Well, yeah, it was a deep hole. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's going on with Zach Bagans? Well, you know, Zach, he's uh, kind of a blowhard. We know Zach Bagans, Ghost Adventures, several seasons, many, many seasons. And... Um, he, uh, but he has a handful of locations that he's had, he's filmed episodes of his ghost adventures, you know, there at these places. But he's got a handful of places and one in particular that he says he will never go back to. And so I, I looked into that a little bit. And I, uh, gonna do a little, I'm just, I'm gonna just briefly talk about four of them and then the first one is the one he will never go back to so we're doing a countdown yes we're going to do a countdown here and then i'll get into that one much more it's interesting um ironically brave zach baggins one of the places he says he will never return to is the the uh, the point sir lighthouse now, this lighthouse is on an island and uh while out there they they did see an apparition of a woman along the coastline there and and had some things happen there that were you know noteworthy but the real reason that Zach will not return to that lighthouse is because you have to take a boat to it <laughs> Zach is afraid of the water and gets grossly seasick oh no can you believe that Er, er, Zach is afraid <laughs> or, or of water. Strong hero, he's scared to death of water. <laughs> he says he won't go back there. That's funny. All right, and then, and then, of course, many of you know about the Demon House, and that was the Gary, oh, Indiana yeah. house, the small frame house in in Gary, Indiana, and uh, it has been labeled a portal to hell. Well, that, that I'm surprised that's number four because I saw that documentary, and well, I want to tell you that I saw that documentary several times. Yeah, and you know, I. Let's face it, Zach is not a great actor, so a lot of times these possession episodes that he has, you know, you can tell they're a little, um, yeah. Right. So, um, but Zach, uh, he, uh, he had uh, that location, he claims that's where his eyesight was affected. Yes. And he now has this... Uh, this condition where he uh, he has double vision. Yeah, and he sees he wears these thick glasses because uh, that's how what he has to do to correct his vision. And that that came as a direct result of that house. And you know, so several other people got sick off that house yes, too. Yes, yes. So. I was going to say uh, yeah. some of the crew. Uh, one of the crew actually had a mental breakdown. Oh yeah, and, and he just, lost just it. would not go back. And uh, and Zach bought that house, sight unseen, before all the the episodes were done, and he has since had it torn down. Yeah, that house has been demolished, and uh, he 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 was not there for the demolition. He's he's uh he's he really took off, huh? yeah yeah he he's uh, upset over that. Now. <clears throat> Goatman's Bridge. That's out here. That is that's in Denton. Central Texas. Mm-hmm. And strangely, the only thing I could perceive that bothered him so much about that bridge was children's voices. Oh, freaky! These children. It was primarily children mm-hmm. that they were getting there. They were they were picking up voices of children and um you know that just that upset kind of tore at his heart yeah yeah it did. you know i've heard i've never been down there and I've, i guess i've always just been kind of skeptical of the place but i mean it's right here in dallas it's north of dallas Denton, Port- i believe yeah Denton, texas it's uh-huh. yeah and it's it's a pretty easy trek out there um but 
you know, it's like, why, why go mess with something malevolent if you yes, don't have to? Exactly. But um, one of the things that one of the investigators on our team, Cameron, was telling me that he had gone down there in the woods. And as a matter of fact, I think uh, Brandon was telling me that as well. The woods, it's so easy to get lost in those woods out there. Yes. And yes. they just kind of seem to never end and they're winding and. It's remote. Yeah. Yes. Don't step off in the woods. Yes. Yes. Huh. Well, now we all know that Vicks, I say we all know, we should all know that uh, Vicksburg, Mississippi, it would be would be haunted the whole town uh, because there was uh, at least one major war the Civil War mm-hmm. uh, was fought there in Vicksburg, Vicksburg lots of lots of buildings uh, dating back to the Civil War and before mm-hmm. he investigated uh, a building there that is it was a home mm-hmm. it's now a hair salon contemporary hair salon and during the Civil War it was a home. There was a woman standing in her kitchen cooking, and a sniper shot through that house and killed her. Oh my gosh. This is in her own home. Now, when was this? Uh, during the Civil War. During the Civil War. Civil okay. War, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh, Civil War. Vicksburg, Mississippi. Not to be confused with Gettysburg, but yeah. Vicksburg. It's yeah. farther down. Different. Uh huh. Farther south. Um, and while he was there, he, uh, they heard the voice of a little girl uh, a lot. They picked up a little girl's uh, voice, and he actually saw the, the apparition of an arm huh. stick out from a crawl space. Oh, crap. Toward him. <laughs> toward him. They grabbed him. <laughs> It just came out of the crawl space, it's, you know, like reaching yeah, for him. That's not creepy. And there were, of course, there were objects moving around, but also he was, um, with something invisible, he was stabbed two times in his, in his back near his spine, and he claims he almost died. Oh, my. So that's, you know, to go back. Sorry. So that's a good reason not to want to go back to uh, at least that that building in Vicksburg. I've been to Vicksburg, and um, it's interesting. But he, uh, he yeah. He, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's big civil war country. There's actually a um, what was a Union submarine. Now, this is Civil War times. Yes. That sank in the river there. This is on the Mississippi River. And uh, they have, uh, I think since I was there, they have they have raised that and done some reconstruction on it. But, uh, but that is, that, those, okay, those are four of his never go back to places. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the number one, and ironically, this was season one, episode one of Ghost Adventures. They went to uh, they went to Bobby Maggie's World of Music in uh, Tennessee. I think so. I think now, so. That, that building is still open. It's a dance hall. It's a honky tonk. It's got an interesting, kind of an interesting history. Uh, originally, like way back in the nineteen early nineteen hundreds, it was a slaughterhouse. Yes, mm-hmm. I saw that creepy, creepy. Yes, it's just a big old wooden building that kind of looks like it's been added onto here and there, and it sits right on right on kind of a ledge. Mm-hmm. goes down to the railroad track. It looks like it could just fall off. Um, but the uh, Bobby Mackey was, when he was young, he he perceived himself as an up-and-coming country music legend. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he wanted to go to Nashville. However, he had a wife and a young child. And so he, he bought just, a slaughterhouse instead. <laughs> <laughs> so they bought a slaughterhouse instead so he could stay home there. He said, well, he just, he thought, well, I'll just buy this place and, you know, I could be the headliner there every weekend. People can come and dance and drink beer, have a good time, and, and I can have other up-and-comers come in and perform on the weekends when I want to go to Nashville. Yeah, so well, keeping the know, music alive. Yeah, so that worked out for him. And you know, I I actually when um, I knew we were going to be doing this piece, I went back to those episodes of Ghost Adventures mm-hmm. and uh, played them back. And uh, Bobby Mackey himself does not believe the place to be haunted. Well, Bobby Mackey declares that he's never been affected. Yeah, by the place. Yeah. Now, his wife was. She was doing, you know, the bookkeeping and yes. everything. And she claims that she was pushed down the steps. At she one won't time. go back there. She would not go back there. Now, she yeah. has since passed away and he's remarried, but she would not go back in there, at least not by herself. Yeah. And uh, But he claims he, he's never been affected by it. But now, he had a. Um, he hooked up with this, this young man that was, you know, kind of on the skids and. He made him a full-time caretaker, and he had an apartment, you know, in the back of the place, so he lived there, and he took care of the building and everything, and um, so he he was there almost as long as Bobby Mackey. Bobby Mackey's still making music. Um, His name was Carl Larson, and uh, he died, actually died in 2012, but he kept telling Bobby, you know, well, there's things that are happening here, you know, and and when he's there by himself in the building going on and and um, starting and he started he bought that building in 1978. Let me go back. So at any rate, it became just a local legend. I mean, people came every weekend, you know, and they. If you know anything about country music fans, you know they like to boot scoot and they like to drink a little beer, have a good time, <laughs> and people begin kind of relaying stories of something that happened to them here and there, you know, maybe in the ladies' room or, or something, but um, but uh, especially Carl said in the basement, there's a lot of things that go on down there. Well, <clears throat> Zach went in on this first episode, first televised hunt, and he was very provocative. You know, we know as investigators, you do not provoke the spirits. Yeah, that's bad news. That is number one. You treat them with respect, but you certainly don't provoke them. Yeah. Um, Especially if you wind up having something dark there, that can be a real nightmare. Oh, yeah. Or and, you- and apparently there there is probably something dark there. He... Um, he... So, um, during this episode, they went into the basement, as I understand. Uh, they, were, they were in the basement, and the spirit, but the spirit box upstairs was calling out orders, and it sounded like Zach. So, the crew that was upstairs listening to the spirit box thought it was Holy Zach. Holy cow. Zach was downstairs. But it was mimicking Zach's voice. Oh, upstairs. and we know what mimickers do. We yes. know where mimicking comes from. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, he, uh, I say he, the spirit, began harassing Aaron. Pause that. Let me do this that way because we're getting a better. Okay, okay. And I think, I don't know about y'all, but at one time or another, I've always felt sorry for Aaron because it's always yeah. like... <laughs> Hey, Aaron, you go down in the basement yeah. where it's dark by yourself and see if anything bothers you, you know. Yeah. You go, Aaron, you know. Yeah. But at any rate, this uh, malevolent spirit, suppose, began harassing Aaron to the point that they lost him. And when they found Aaron, he was in a closet crying. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I can see that. I, I can, can see that, that too. <laughs> but uh, some of the other things that uh, Zach claims to have experienced in the basement was um, just red eyes, glowing red eyes around in the basement. They were not human, though. And um, 
he he experienced that in, in down there. So he he said um, that the whole crew became became angry and agitated, and he called it fury unleashed. They all just wanted to kill each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they were fighting. Uh, they couldn't agree on anything, and and they just they couldn't agree on anything. Um, <clears throat> and we've heard the term hitchhiker effect. Yes. Well, apparently, this uh, spirit did a little hitchhiking. Mm. He not only uh, began to affect Zach at his home, but also some of the other crew members. Mm. Became very distressing. Zach began seeing dark figures, dark you know shapes, uh, in his in his home in his bedroom, and his guests would see them also. And um, me by guests, you mean his lady friends? Yes, his lady friends, because <laughs> he. He claims that uh, there were, let's see, well, he said over the next three years, there were numerous female <laughs> friends attacking his home. And I think what I read was something like, you know, 25 to 30, so I don't know. But <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. And that was over three years. That was over three years, so oh there you gosh. go. But uh, they, were, they were attacked by unseen forces, and they saw black shadow figures in the bedroom and so that he actually began sleeping downstairs um, in, a, in a small guest room downstairs because his bedroom was just too just too active and actually he said that at one time he was dragged out of his bed by something a hold of his ankles just dragged him out of the bed on the floor mm. so you know that that um, you awake now <laughs> yeah wake up now but he you know at that point he um, continued to have begin having health problems and he takes responsibility for for what happened there but but there's but but there's a second phase to this because after that he didn't get enough he didn't learn enough that first session he thought oh boy this is going to be really big we're going to invite 100 people to come to Bobby Mackey's World of Music building and uh, watch an investigation and we're just going to see what happens well you know all hell broke loose and um, he had lots of people that were affected by that and it, it did not go well he um, and actually one of the patrons <clears throat> was attacked by the spirit and they sued Bobby Mackey Uh-oh. and they won so now in the front, at the front of the of the dance hall, mm-hmm. there's a big sign saying, "You know, management is not responsible <laughs> for any seen or yes, unseen attack that may yeah. <laughs> happen on these premises." Yeah, he. Uh, so it's just you know an old, old building, but uh, um, it it's still. In business, I actually saw Bobby Mackey perform on one of the country music shows on cable just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know he's fared well. Of course, he, he has a second wife, and uh, uh, but Carl Larson died. He he didn't live this long, and uh, he s- claimed to have suffered greatly, uh, greatly. But he stayed there, and he stayed there, and he he took mm-hmm. care of the place, and he took care of Bobby. And they've just celebrated their 45th year of operation, just wow. just this September. So we would can only assume that some of those spirits are still hanging around. Well, you know, looking back on the history of that thing, and I. I remember something about a woman being murdered yes. and decapitated too. Yes, and I believe the head was brought back to well, the location. Uh, actually, when that was researched, the woman was was murdered and decapitated about two miles away. Right. But apparently, the head was found nearby. 
uh, nearby the location. Yeah. And and they, you know, they so they try to they want to blame some of the haunting spirits on that. Okay. And and uh, of course something that old, there's, you know. All kinds of stories that could pop up around it. Oh, sure. It. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, just in being a slaughterhouse alone, you've got all oh, that negative energy yes. reading into the surfaces and yes. the wood. And, and there's a, uh, like like many of the old buildings we know, have wells in the basement. Yes. And there is a well in this basement. And supposedly when it was a slaughterhouse, that is where they disposed of the animal blood. Oh, is lovely. in that well, which is in the basement. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, that won't leave an imprint at all. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a, it sounds like a, um, it's got the perfect recipe for malevolent oh, entities. Yes. And it, oh, yes, it does. You know, does. considering that they were fighting, they couldn't agree on things, you know, tends yes. to drive wedges in between yes. people. And, and you know, so, just as yeah. an aside, you know, we, uh, you and I and our team, experienced something of that nature oh yeah on an investigation yeah. it was not to the point we wanted to kill each other i don't think but no. we were certainly were we're usually were we agree you know we could agree amicably and get along and make decisions but i seem to remember that car ride home as being a little little tense tense yes yeah well and that's just where it started too that's just kind of where it started. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that the Cecil Hotel is not on your list there. Well, you know, I did not find it on his will not go back, go okay. back their places. But I, uh, that may just be the, the research that I did because I know you told me that you understood the Cecil Hotel in New York City was a place yes. he would not return to. And it may just be in his top ten. may yes. not be, you mm -hmm. know in a significant order but yeah the Cecil Hotel of course that place is they kind of state the dregs of humanity live in the apartments there yes and a lot of drug users a lot of you know, you know former criminals and yes, stuff like I, that the, in the apartment section yeah yes yes and I don't all of our listeners may not know about the Cecil Hotel but you want there was a young woman uh, a young single woman that was um uh, had come to New York City to sightsee and and look around on her own, and apparently she was a little of a timid lady, mm -hmm. but she disappeared, and uh, the the cameras in the hallway and the elevator, yes, were the last that to see her. That was the creepiest thing I've yes, seen ever. Yes. Was her talking, talking, talking to herself. Herself in the elevator mm -hmm. and, you know, motioning with her hands and talking to herself. Well, and where did they find her? Mm, there was a water tank on the top of this old hotel building. Yes. It, uh, it's a tank, and then there was a ladder attached to the tank that goes up to the top. Then there was a large uh, a metal lid that had to be open to access the, the water, and they found her in that in tank. In that tank. And the guests had been complaining in the previous weeks that the water tasted weird. Water had a weird taste to it. I just, <laughs> it's unfathomable to me. I just can't wrap my brain around no. how bad that must be. Oh, no. So it was a really creepy story, and I was real quick to jump to a paranormal event when I saw that video because... She just seemed so out of it, but apparently she did have schizophrenia. She did have some, and no and they believe that she she just got up there and fell in. But they said it would would take a great deal of a great deal of strength, yeah, and agility to get up in there and open that lid and fall in and close the lid behind her. So yes. there's some yeah. questions about how that actually happened. Yeah. Well, I guess the mystery still remains. It does. To a certain extent. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I knew that, that this particular story would excite the listeners because everybody likes to hear what's going on with their this, paranormal yes, TV yes, host. Yes, And uh, their ghost hunters, television ghost hunters, and uh, especially Zach. He tends to have a lot. A lot. He tends to be a lot. <laughs> He's a lot. But we always caution uh, our guests and, and people that are 
uh, asking us about investigating it such that you know, real investigations don't necessarily happen the way you see them on TV. <laughs> no, not at all. Nothing like that. You're right. Well, I've got uh, some of the latest UFO news if you all want right. to hear about it. Do tell. All right. Uh, well, you know, this is this is worth mentioning, although we've pretty much decided how we feel about it. Uh, there was a scientist... Jamie Mousson, who, well, I say he's a scientist, I'm sorry, he's a journalist, and he's a self-proclaimed ufologist. He presented two alleged alien bodies to the Congress in Mexico. And this has been about a couple weeks ago. He claims that the bodies were found in Peru about 2017, and that they were found very uh, close to the Nazca lines, mm-hmm. which are those giant, uh, the hills believe they're airstrips. They can only be seen from the sky, but yet they're... They're diagrams when yeah. you see them from the sky of figures and yes. spiders and such. Yeah, but you can only see them from the air, but when they were, you know, mm-hmm. thousands of years ago when they were put up, there was no air flight. So there's, you know, a lot of UFO, ancient aliens, conspiracy surrounding the Nazca lines. I don't know, you know, can you explain the Nazca lines to me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, there's they're, that too. <laughs> they're pretty far out there. It's a pretty, uh, pretty crazy thing. But anyhow, they, he brought these bodies in. They had three fingers on them, uh, on each hand. Uh, they, like the, the eyes and the mouth, the arms and the legs, they were slightly humanoid, but they were very small. Um, He claims that he's had other bodies and that these particular bodies are a thousand years old. And he, his claim, Masson's claim, is that they're unrelated to any earthly species. As a matter of fact, he said that 30% of the DNA that composed these bodies was not identifiable as being terrestrial. However, the the lab, it's called the National Autonomous University, the lab there, National Autonomous University of Mexico, they did carbon dating on it and were able to carbon date them to a thousand years old. But the other claims that he's made, they have not verified. Now, another interesting thing is that they've run these bodies through x-ray machines and CT scans and all that. They are intact. So they know for a fact that they were not pieced together. So they are something. So, you know, it's kind of like, and this guy does not have a good reputation. I mean, he's he's been affiliated with fraud before. <laughs> so it's real easy to jump to say, oh, this is fraud. But at the same time, considering that these bodies are intact, mm-hmm. that's that's strange. That's and they strange do, they do have elongated heads, skulls. They do. They? Mm-hmm. they do. Yes, elongated and skulls. And there are actually, um, there are actually artifacts in Peru of skulls with elongated heads. Yes. But some of those elongated heads were as a result of the binding. They did like a form of head binding. Yes. But these were very, very small. They're tiny. Tiny, Mm -hmm. tiny. And I don't know that they... And they they were similar to humans, but they were more humanoid. So perhaps these are, you know, as sad as it seems to say, perhaps these are bodies of small children that maybe had some sort of genetic defects. Yes, because you can see um, their form, it's almost like a a stick figure. Yes. A stick figure, you know, neck, and then these straight shoulders, and then arms go down, and, and like, you know, the spine, and then a straight... Uh, like right. a straight bone across where the hips are and then down, but 
Yeah. And one of the bodies had three structures inside of it that they're calling eggs. Now, whether they're eggs or not, I don't know. But one of the bodies does have three large egg-shaped mm -hmm. anomalies in it. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the x-rays and the CT scans, they're kind of a white translucent sheen to them. So, are they eggs? Are they organs? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but they are mummified, so it would be possible that organs still exist. Yes. In the cavities that yes. they haven't broken down. Well, and how does Peru feel about these showing up in Mexico City? Um, you know, I don't know. They're not happy. I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're happy because if those are artifacts discovered in Peru, they belong to Peru. Yes. And uh, should not have been taken out of the country. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the reasons why I found this story interesting is because <laughs> <laughs> they have had reports of aliens attacking the citizens of Peru. Yes. Uh, there's a small <laughs> village out there, and I think it was July through August of this year, and there's like a 15-year-old girl who claims she was almost abducted and that these are beings with giant yellow eyes and big <laughs> heads. But the Peruvian military uh, took some of the video footage that had been shot of these alleged aliens, and they have determined that they are illegal gold miners using some <laughs> sort of flying technology you know, air boosters or rocket boosters or something like that to terrorize <laughs> this town. So, you know, Peruvian aliens, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Both of those seem pretty, uh, pretty far-fetched, well, you ask me. <laughs> well, you know, um, the, there's a theory about the reason the Peruvians and some of the other uh, ancient civilizations bound their heads and that is that they wanted to emulate the, yes, gods. emulate the gods yes that they had seen and knew and assuming then that those gods had these elongated skulls yes yes so who knows who knows <laughs> <laughs> who were their gods who were their gods Exactly. Um, what else you got? I got some other stuff. Apparently, since the congressional hearing, they have had 30 more, or well, actually almost 40 more whistleblowers that have presented their case to um, either Congress the inspector general's office or the pentagon so they have people that are continuing to come out of the woodworks they're not going on the record they're staying off the record um you know we believe that david grush he was the whistleblower that came out a few weeks ago uh to congress and testified in front of congress he only came out because he thought coming out would be kind of an insurance. Yes. So if he shows up missing, everybody knows Yes. it's suspect. Yes. Um, it's kind of a, I guess, a Hail Mary on his life to go public. These uh, witnesses are not going public, but they are definitely talking. Well, and David Gresh certainly has had threats and some uncomfortable experiences, he and his wife both. Yes. You know, surrounding all this. So he may know what he speaks. Well, I I suspect that he does. I suspect that he does. Okay, and, so there's... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And so does this validate... God, I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Oh, the guy, Area 51. Oh, um... Bob Lazar. So does this uh, somewhat validate Bob Lazar's it story? It sounds like it. It sounds like it. 
Bob Lazar has been talking all this time and how the man has not wound up dead. I will <laughs> never know. But I guess he's just kept himself in the spotlight enough mm-hmm. yeah. to um, make sure that if he goes, if he gets disappeared, people know what's, um, yeah. what's up. What's up? But, um... Anyhow, that's interesting. And I've got one more UFO-related news. Were you going to ask something? Okay. So, on other UFO news, and this is probably the most significant, there have been 10 videos that were released to the Pentagon UAP Task Force um, along with, well, or the Pentagon released them along with a 380-page report of Customs and Border Patrol agents. So, our Customs officers are seeing these, our Border Patrol officers are seeing these. And uh, some of these have been taken over, you know, the past couple of decades from what I understand, but it's all uh, infrared data. So it's thermal and infrared data. It's not like they just took videos on their phone Yes. and here you go. These are, are true you know, truly tested with our technology. The thing about it is these, the report they say is heavily, heavily redacted, but it does contain firsthand interviews of Customs and Border Patrol agents uh, and their sightings, their experiences and their sightings. Heavily redacted, as I said. So we don't have a lot of context behind them. But there are two videos specifically that really, really, really stood out. And the first one is of a fighter jet that is flying. And it is being pursued by a strange orb in the sky. And you can see all this on thermal data. I mean, the orb was a fraction of its size, but the orb was following it. Uh, So that's... It's very, very striking footage. You can jump on YouTube and, and pull that up. And these Border Patrol uh, agents are, they're operating in, some of them in very remote areas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess I'd be more surprised if they hadn't seen anything. Yes. Yes. If you really think about it. The second video that was released was, it just astonished me. I had a really hard time uh, wrapping my brain around it. And it's a video that we'd seen before. It was originally released in 2013, and it was taken over Aquadilla, Mexico. Or, I'm sorry, Aquadilla, Puerto Rico. Not even close to Mexico. (laughs) Aquadilla, Puerto Rico. And I remember when it was released, I saw it, and then it was like it just went away. You didn't hear anything else about it. But what's so striking about it is this, number one, this object is moving so fast. I mean, it's just zooming through the sky. And it's orb-like. Uh, it's more uh, more probably disc-like or maybe even tic-tac-like or tic-tac. Tic-tac-toe, tic-tac-toe. like as David Fravor so affectionately described the UFO he encountered and and the UFOs that are getting so or UAPs that are getting so much exposure right now are the the tic tacs. It's flying and it's over an airport of all places. So it's flying past this airport. It's flying out over the you know the land to go straight to the beach. Well, if you've ever seen Puerto Rico on a map, you know it's very small. I mean, it's an hour and a half across the island. Mm-hmm. I've been there, a beautiful place. Um, and it's very small, so they're surrounded by ocean, right? So this thing eventually hits the ocean and is flying at this high rate of speed, and it submerses. It hits the water. There's splash. There's splash down. And then about two to three seconds later, it comes back up. And it has not lost any speed at all. So how does something go into the ocean and come right back up at the same rate of speed? It just makes no sense to me. Um, Also, when it comes back up, there's two objects now 
So either it's split in two or it is accompanied by a friend that it picked up while it was underwater. We don't know. But it's joined by a second craft for some reason. And then a few seconds later, it goes, but they both go back down into the water and that's when the pilot lost sight of them. But they're, they're astonishing because it's traveling so fast and it just dumps down in this water and then, then there's two and it's still traveling. Tell me again who released that video. Customs and Border Patrol or the Pentagon UAP Task Force. We, we're not okay. real clear uh, because the report that was released was done by the task force, the Pentagon Task Force. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a pretty substantial, thick report, but you really don't get that much information. It's like redacted. Said, <laughs> there's so much of it that's taken out, yeah. Uh, but there are first-hand accounts, interviews, it still doesn't tell us a whole lot about the videos. It's very disappointing to me that uh, they're not, at least publicly, they're not scheduling another uh, congressional hearing on this subject. Yes. It is quite a, um, it is quite a disappointment. It is. It's it quite is. a disappointment. Uh, let's see. There's some other videos that are taken, and... Like I said, there were because there were a total of ten, and so there's just those two. I haven't seen all of the others, but from what I've heard them describe, they could be like gliders mm. or balloons, even that are used by uh, drug cartels, things like that. I don't really know, but uh, there's some possibilities that they're not UAPs that they can be explained. Either either way, they're um, they're getting they're we're getting new stuff out there. So there's going to be some explainable stuff, obviously. Um, but when the task force released it, they released it as unexplained. Uh, the assistant secretary of defense retired, Christopher Mellon. He was talking about them, and. He was very encouraged by it because these events are happening all over the world. The East Coast, the West Coast, um, in other countries. And his whole thing is it needs to be brought to the surface. It needs to be put out into the media. So he's really encouraged by the transparency that we're seeing here. Because the UAP task force, if you ask me, it just kind of looked like a joke. Yes. When they first put that website up, it looked like a joke. They haven't released. They've they've gotten some new classification systems, and so they're they're classifying information that wouldn't ordinarily be classified. But they've changed the. And many of the the videos are old videos. Yeah. There, there's nothing new on there as far as the videos go. Yeah. At least for those of us that follow this subject. Right. Right. Well, I I think some of the videos were new. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% certain. But um, I would have to look at the report again. Yeah. You know, I just want to make sure there's not something else up here. Something just came to my mind. You know the family in Las Vegas, the Hispanic family in Las Vegas, that said something landed in their backyard. Oh, and yeah. They saw a person. Let's talk about that. Well, um, I see, well, you know, the officer, those two police officers thought they were telling the truth. And this is just an aside, but I want to tell you, Todd called me when that came out. Yes. He called me one night. Todd is my brother. Okay, well, I, I didn't think we no, were recording this. No, let's just, we might as well talk about it. It's, okay. It's here. Um, he is a for, retired police detective, my brother is. Yes, and he's currently an inspector for the DA's office. Yes. In the county. And uh, he is not very uh, obliging <laughs> when it comes to spirits, believing in spirits. Yes. And I've never heard him address a UFO case, mm -hmm. but he did call me, and he had seen uh, an interview of that young man, mm -hmm. and he said, 
that man is telling the truth. Yeah. He said, of all the people that I've interviewed over the years, my impression is that he is telling the truth. So I just found that interesting. Um, now, and I understand that that family has had to, uh, they're living still temporarily at another location because they're just being, you know, harassed, harassed and bombarded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw them all being interviewed. I mean, it's very rare that you've got this whole group of people that all say they saw the same thing and it's not like they had time to put together a story. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. it coincided with you know, let's let's just kind of I, I guess lay this out for our listeners real quick because some people may not have heard of this at all, but it was what, two or three months ago, it was a couple months ago, there was what appeared to be a meteor at first glance that struck through the Vegas sky and a little city there near Las Vegas, wasn't it? Or maybe Las Vegas It's itself. in the suburbs, suburbs, suburbs of Las, of Las Vegas. Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it, it appears to be, you know, in line with what a meteor would look like as it entered the atmosphere. And it was caught on doorbell webcams and... And police dash cams. Po- police dash cams. Yeah, police officers saw it. And it crashed and it made a noise. Mm-hmm. It made a very loud noise. So this family, this uh, Hispanic family, they were outside when all this happened. Or they had just gone outside after it happened, maybe to see what it was. And they report that there were two was it two large creatures in their yard Mm -hmm. yes now let let me let me describe their yard because this will help kind of put this in perspective yes you know it's all desert around las vegas and in that area uh they were in a neighborhood they were on the edge of this neighborhood and they had when you look uh from the sky down on their property they had a very large backyard and it was fenced very elongated maybe an acre uh, long and narrow it was fenced and they had um, large construction large earth moving equipment back there because that's what they did as a family they they worked construction and they had backhoes and things like that large it, it wasn't cluttered it was it looked very neat but it was a large area so it wasn't just a little you know uh, just a little you know quarter lot in town mm-hmm. type of yard so there was a lot of room back there for something to have landed <laughs> yes. I just wanted to make that point yeah no it, you're right you're absolutely right and where they saw these beings was by it was I don't want to call it a tractor trailer. It was a yeah. They uh, they were like peeking and they initially peeked out from behind. I think it was a uh, I don't know a backhoe. Yeah, or a large, something like that. A large piece of I don't equipment. know why I said tra- tractor trailer. Well, but it could be whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, earth yeah. mover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an earth mover. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they said that one was behind the controls of it. Yes. Like he was trying to get it started, get it going. <laughs> yes. I guess they thought they were just going to take out. off. And we, we crashed our ship. We're going to skedaddle their little yeah. asses out of there. We're going to steal on this backhoe. That steal wouldn't be strange. And yeah, man, that's going to plague my dreams now. Aliens <laughs> driving backhoes. Um, but anyhow, this family would not have had time to get their story straight. But this kid places a call to Las Vegas 911. He does. And he describes exactly what him and his family saw. There were three witnesses mm-hmm, to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me that you're going to make up the story that quickly. Hey, let's call the police and say <laughs> that we saw some. Yeah, If you're going to lie about something like that, you're going to want to sit down and talk it through. And they wouldn't have had time to have done that. And apparently they were, you know, a very stable family. A hard oh, yeah. working family there, uh, and, and they very come reputable. It's very yes. genuine. And uh, there was the young boy, maybe a teenage boy. He spoke English best. Yeah, and he did a lot of the 
translating. The translating. Mm -hmm. and, and he had seen it. He saw it as well. Yeah. So then the policeman shows up. Yes. And he he felt like they were, you know, he should be able to believe them. Yeah. Given their demeanor and, and you know, everything. They were not, didn't appear to be drinking or on drugs or anything yeah. like that. And they were shaken. Just a nice family. Yeah, and they were very nice shaken. Well, they're sticking by their story. And... But they're they've been harassed. They've been yes, harassed they have. quite a bit. Yes. As a matter of fact, the police actually went and put surveillance up on their roof at one point. But I understood that was more because they were worried about their own personal security. Yes. They had been harassed yes. so much. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there's that. But anyhow, yeah, no news on them then, huh? No, no. It just came. Uh, it came to my mind. I just hadn't heard any news about them lately, and. I just always thought it was a very interesting case. Yes, very, very interesting indeed. I, you know, I'm, I'm apt to believe them. Their story doesn't make much sense. No. Because what they're describing is not something we're accustomed to seeing when it comes to beings. But they saw what they saw or what, you know, perception we know is more important than anything else. I guess, yeah. Yeah, perception is... But apparently... Um, Someone else picked them up. <laughs> Something, yeah, picked them up, or they disappeared into the desert because they were right at the edge of the that community. Yeah, very strange, very strange. Well, I think that's about it for strange news. Don't oh, you think, I love strange news. Yes, yeah, strange news <laughs> is. Uh, Next time we have strange news, I'd like to talk cryptids. Yeah. Absolutely. We need to just do a special on cryptids. Yes, yes. We don't do enough cryptids. Oh, no. Not nearly enough. Nope. <laughs> not nearly enough. Agreed. I agree. All right. Well, um, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. And as they say, it's always a good day to talk to the dead. Be sure to hit that like, the follow, the share button. And if you want to give a little love, you know, podcasting doesn't come for free. You can always donate to the cause here. Get, uh, get you know, me and Mary Jo's medications and, and special <laughs> dietary needs met. <laughs> you can go to our website and select the donate button and donate one time or set up a recurring donation of a dollar or two. And we greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, I'm ready to say au revoir. How about you, Mary Jo? Yes, yes. And the spirits are there. Talk to them. Yep. They're talking to you. Are you listening? All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah, that was fine. Okay. Yeah. Just leave it.